Tanya for the twelfth of Shvat, but first the story. Rev Dov Svi of Zak of Kaziv Nikov was a chassid of the Tzemach Tzedek, and as a very young boy, he was known as an Iloi, he was known as a genius, and he he knew an incredible amount of Torah, and he knew. He, he was a genius. He, the amount he knew at an extremely young age was incredibly impressive. And as he grew older in his city, he he encountered many people that didn't know how to learn at all. And he felt bad for them. They couldn't read. They couldn't learn. Ne- they never experienced Torah at all. And so he took it on, to, on himself to, to teach them. The only thing was he had an incredible stutter. So teaching people came with great difficulty because... He had to getting through every word was it was a real it was a very tough accomplishment a very tough requirement for him um, or so, a stumbling block for him and he really struggled to get through to get through the lessons. He came to the Semach Sedek later on many years many after many years and he told the Semach Sedek this problem. He told the Semach Sedek that you know he he sees all these people that he feels bad for. He wants to he wants to teach these simple t- people Torah, but. His stammer, his stutter gets in the way. So the Samach Sadek thought for a while, and then he told him like this, he said, keep teaching these people, and Hashem will give you the ability to talk in a clear and fluent way. And he t- says a story later on, he said he walked out of the meeting with the Samach Sadek, and from that point he couldn't recognize himself. His, own, his stutter was gone, his stammer was gone, and not only did he speak clearly, but his his way of his style of speech became incredible, and many years later, people would always marvel at how clear he was able to speak and get ideas across to people. It was just, it was it was a pleasure to listen to because he just he had such an incredible gift of communication. And an interesting thing he would say is he say the maral of of the maral of Prague made a goylem out of clay. The Rebbe, the Tzemach made a goylem out of flesh because he 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 believed he was fully the Rebbe, the Rebbe's goylem because the, the Rebbe had given him that capacity to speak. The Tanya so far is talking about unions of um, with the with the will of God, and we gave two examples: one like a chariot and a rider, and we and we spoke we spoke about that and about the fact that the forefathers lived their entire life like that. When we do a mitzvah, that's what we that's what happens to us. At least in the hand that we involve our, ourselves in the midst of putting a coin in tzedakah pushka, uh, learning Torah and using our brain, which we'll d- deal with in a moment. <coughs> and then there's also the the body and the soul relationship that the body and the soul the body can't just say you know I want to do whatever I want I'll just you know do something else the body and soul's connection is one that's automated the soul wants something the body doesn't let's continue the thought and the the brain power when a person learns Torah now the brain and the the power of of thought is something that's much more deep than regular action let's call it or even speech a speech is a more subtle form of expression everyone understands that when a person you know touches something it's you know it's an expression of the soul but it doesn't go very deep it's it's much it's much more on the peripheral when a person thinks you say oh that thought you know the, there's them and their thought people understand you know their thought is very it's it's almost like on the, on the form of form of expression it's so tightly knit, knitted with the person himself 
And, and of course the godly soul, which is really a part of a, a person's a person himself, when he's involved in Torah, unlike a mitzvah where the person says, you know, it's like a chariot to the rider. A person, a person um, puts a coin in Tzedakah Pushkin, he says, well, you're so connected to God's will, you know, it, it's like it's like a chariot and a rider, but you understand there's still a person's hand. And yes, you might say, you know, that person's expressing godliness through the hand when they're putting the coin in Tzedakah Pushkin. Yeah, granted, it's, it's understandable. But at the same time, you would never say, oh, that's God's hand right over there. You, you get it. It's the guy. And he's putting tzedakah. And yes, he's expressing Hashem's will. And it's beautiful. And it's wonderful. But when a person learns Torah with their brain, they're letting godliness into, their, into themselves in a way that a regular mitzvah doesn't, doesn't it, of course, isn't able to do because it's physical. Now, there's an advantage of the physical, the physicality and the action. This is a world of action. At the same time, when we're talking about letting a person and um, being enveloped by godliness, by God's will, people understand that, that learning Torah has a higher capacity for that. Torah is an expression of God's will. When a person takes that will and puts it into his brain and learns about it, what's potter, what, what, what's permissible, what's forbidden, what's, what a person's um, allowed to do, what a person's not allowed to do, all of these, um, what's innocent and, and what's not innocent, these things, you're learning godliness because you're learning Torah, and that Torah is a part of your brain. The, the, the fusion between yourself and the will of God is incredible in that moment. And when you learn the combination of letters, not just any combination of letters, but the combination of letters which express God's will because they are the combination of letters which make up the Torah. So the words Torah, Tzivah, for example, or any pasuk in the Torah, in that moment, what you're doing is you're connecting yourself with God. Now, Torah is just Torah. You say, well, Torah is Torah and God is God. No! As we already explained, God and Torah are entirely one. Hashem and His wisdom are one. It's not that, like us, we have ourselves and we have our wisdom. And even though it's very tightly um, um, placed, it's not the same thing. With God, on the other hand, Hashem and His Torah are entirely one. This is what we mean when we say God and His Torah are fully one. And it's not just um, organs of the king. We said, when we came to mitzvahs, we said mitzvahs are like the limbs of the king. When it comes to Torah, on the other hand, Hashem is Torah entirely one. It's entirely bound. Well, how does that make sense? What does that mean? We don't know. That's, that might be a little bit hard for us to understand. At the same time, this is the reality. Torah and Hashem are entirely one. The bounding that happens when we learn Torah is entirely perfectly one. Hashem and Torah are perfectly one, unlike Hashem and Mitzvahs, which are very close but not one. So when we learn Torah, what are we essentially doing? We're taking Hashem and we're connecting with Hashem in such a perfect unity. 
which is such a beautiful idea. Again, it's just taking the idea of the beautifulness of mitzvahs and you realize just how incredible learning Torah is, which we take for granted all the time because we learn Torah all the time and we don't realize what we're doing in the moment, like we're doing right now, is we're unifying ourselves with Hashem's will, with Hashem Himself, in such a deep and intimate way. And unlike, unlike, uh, you know, our speech and even our thought, which is not, or our speech at least, and our actions, which are not entirely one with us, with Hashem, on the other hand, like we spoke about Hashem's speech, is entirely um, unified with Hashem. Because nothing is separated from Hashem. There's only a Hester upon him. His, his um, revelation, let's say, is, is, is concealed. His um, face is concealed. This unity is much greater in um, and powerful than the the unity of Hashem in the higher worlds. So the the point of the Torah is for this world. And the Torah expresses itself most strongly in this world, even though the higher worlds are all getting their energy from the from the Torah. The point of it all is for the, is, is for this world. So remember, Hashem took the Torah and created the world. Hashem created, took the Torah and created the high worlds and the lower the lower worlds. But he he retzoni yismach and nikkas sev kolamish and he shehi bechinas masha eini yachal islam shatayk alamim rak mechayim meila meila bechinas makiv. But he he am levesh v'nefesh levoshel bechinas gilei mamish k'shayusim b'tivretayah v'avagav diul lechazi chulu mishum hachi yachal lismo mishum dalav love chazi masha ein kaim bal yonim. And the ultimate explains this incredible dynamic. Um, natural thought would would say that the greater something is, the more they're able to receive. If someone's a very wise man and a very simple man, and they both go into a professor's um, um, class, and they're both listening to the lessons, the, prof- the, the very smart person would receive more of the professor's um, lesson, because, of course, he has a larger brain, let's call it, and he's able to do it, and a little child walking in the room will be able to receive nothing. Or very little, and when you walk, when they both walk out, you say, "Well, of course, this guy is a really smart guy. He understood so much. He understood ninety percent. The young child understood three percent." You would say the same thing with Torah too. The Torah, because it's such a powerful energy in the higher worlds, which also receive the energy of Torah and also fused with the Torah, they would receive more Torah in a revealed way than we would be receiving in this world. And the 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 Altarab says in the Tanya today, the end of today's Tanya, that it's actually not like that. Because the Torah energy is so unbelievably powerful, the higher worlds, like ourselves, are unable to receive it. So the energy, it just it, it's Soviv Kamal energy. It's this unlimited energy that really can't connect to the higher worlds or the lower worlds. But what's interesting is, in this world, Hashem, because this is the point of the Torah, the Torah is able to enclose itself into the, into the dynamics, let's call it, of this world. And what's interesting in the case of the professor, it's the three-year-old child that somehow walks away with the more information than even that really, really smart person. Because the objective of the Torah is for this world, and the connection that we have with Hashem in, in this world enables us to actually receive more of a revealed Torah than they're having in the higher world, which is such a strange idea because, you know, it's, uh, logical thinking should should tell us that no, it should be the higher world to receive the lion's share of the of the connection of the of the of the divine will of Hashem and the Torah, etc. And 
it's exactly the opposite. It's our world that's able to receive the most of it. Thank you so much for joining. 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 Thank you so much for joining.